Welcome to our podcast about living on the Lewy Body Roller Coaster, a podcast for Lewy Body Dementia patients and their families presented by Lewy Body patients and their families. Thank you all for joining us as we share firsthand the ups and downs and twists and turns of all things Lewy Body Dementia, including our support, experiences, and friendship. We're your hosts, Linda and Curry. I have a loved one with Lewy Body Dementia. And I am living with Lewy Body Dementia. So let's get started. Before we jump into the episode, we need to give a quick shout out to all the volunteers making this podcast possible. Carrie and I knew nothing about how to do a podcast except that it was needed for all of us to share and learn from one another, so we dove in and made it happen. But this could not have been possible without thanking those who are helping us along the way, including our tech master, Ben Kaplan, our editing engineer, Andrew Sapola. Monica Gilbert of 789 Design for creating our Luby Body Roller Coaster logo, and of course, our spouses, Jim and Linda, for believing in us. So thank you to everyone. Now, let's really get started. Here we go again, my friend. Yep, we're back at it again. Well, our podcast has been live now for a few weeks, and the feedback and emails just keep coming. We're so thankful for all of you who took time to send us encouraging words about this podcast. Yes, it has been heartwarming that so many people have reached out to us already. But we are doing this for all of us living on this Louis Body Dementia roller coaster. And it is the emails and messages you are sending to us that help us keep going. So true. And I know we're learning new things each time we gear up for the next episode. So maybe by our hundredth episode, we may actually sound semi-professional. That would be awesome. But as we said in a few other episodes, we are okay with all the technical things not being perfect as long as we share with others. So anyone living with Lewy body dementia and our caretakers know they're not alone on this roller coaster. Okay, my friends, here we go. This is going to be a very special episode as we have two other gentlemen who are living with Lewy Body Dementia here to share their stories. We have Tom Conley and Mike Matherly. I met uh, Mike first about four years ago, right after I got diagnosed. He was the second guy, second person that I met who had Lewy Body Dementia. We've developed a, a, what I like to call a good bond over the years. And the strange part of it is when I'm down, it seems like Mike's down. And when Mike's down, it seems like I'm down. We, we kind of follow the same pattern along the way, and it's always been that way. But uh, I hold both these gentlemen in the highest regards. And uh, I think a lot of both of them, they both helped so many people so far. Mike has, has done a terrific job uh, being an advocate and helping others on their journey with Lewy body dementia. And Tom Conley, Tom and I haven't known each other that long. It's been probably four, maybe five months, but I, I kind of feel like we've developed a bond there also. Uh, we chatted a lot on Facebook and Tom has helped many other people also uh, on those Lewy body sites by telling them about his journey. Tom, introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us about your journey. 
Hi, I'm, I'm Tom Conley. Uh, I live here in Colorado Springs. Um, I, I started uh, probably back in 2010, 2011, having memory problems, started having hallucinations, went to the hospital several times to check things out. They, you know, after some testing, they uh, decided that I'd had a stroke of the basal ganglia. Uh, things continued to get worse. Uh, 2012, I had a heart attack. And after having that, with all the uh, anesthetics they put into me, the hallucinations became on a, da a daily basis, and they have never stopped uh, since then. And uh, uh, I slowly started going downhill after that, losing, uh, you know, just having a having a brain fog constantly, getting lost. Uh, not being able to find words, uh, needing to talk and could only get gibberish out. Uh, and then slowly it has progressed to the where I have uh, started losing my balance and having to walk with a cane now and uh, have to limit my driving considerably uh technically i probably shouldn't drive at all but uh you know i do have to get places sometimes so you know i do as little as possible there and then uh uh anytime i run across somebody with uh, dementia you know I, I try to you know tell them a little bit about what's going on with me and you know what you know all the drugs that they've put me on and how it's helped and how it hasn't and that's pretty much it like i like i said I, i've seen you talk to other people on facebook about Louis body dementia and i think you and mike both do a terrific job i really do like i said uh, I, I really think highly of both of you guys how about you mike you want to share with us about your experience well i started out I, kind of like Tom, I started out in 2010. I was having trouble. I was working for the state processing uh, Medicaid and food stamp uh, operations. And I started losing where I was right in the middle of doing something. Started losing what I was saying. Uh, things that were being said to me didn't make a lot of sense. So I talked to my doctor and she sent me over to a neurologist. And he ran a few tests, took a couple of x-rays, and told me that it was frontal temporal dementia. Showed me on the x-ray where I was losing things in the frontal lobe. Well, he wasn't satisfied with that because I started hallucinating. Uh, everything kept getting worse. And he did a lot more testing, including lumbar puncture, and, I don't know, CT and PET, and all kinds of stuff. And then came back and told me that it was Louis. And that was in October 2010. Well, since then, it didn't bother me when I was first diagnosed because, okay, a doctor's telling me I got something, give me a pill, I'll go on my way. It was later that it soaked in what was really going on. Then I kind of, well, over the years, I developed hallucinations, really good hallucinations, except mine are mostly audio. 
And even now, they uh, after all this time, they're still going. They kind of slap me upside of the head every now and then, wake me up at night, and so on. Uh, my balance is just about completely shot. Uh, now, in the meantime, I've had three strokes. So I can't really say it's all Louis. Uh, strokes are in there someplace. Aging is in there someplace with arthritis and all that. But I'm having a lot of trouble walking. Uh, kind of like Tom, I had to give up driving. Uh, now, my wife won't let me do a lot of stuff, including driving. <laughs> She's kind of my breaks uh my i had a boss about 40 years ago who said that i had a mind like a steel trap memory like a steel trap well i if i saw him now i'd tell him it's more like a fishing net <laughs> my short-term memory is virtually gone my long-term memory is still there and in between memory is it's debatable uh but now i'm Still going along with doing with what I've got, best I can with what I got. And uh, I kind of agree with one of my doctors. It is what it is. It was, but it's not anymore. So never give up. And that's the way I've been living all this time. And I can't do a lot of stuff, but I still keep at it. I want to thank both of you, uh, Mike and Tom, for coming on and Sharon during this episode. And Mike, you haven't lost your sense of humor, so that's that's a good thing. I appreciate that. And I... I try. Yeah, I think that's, you know, keep your sense of humor. Um, my husband has Lewy body dementia, and he was diagnosed when he was 58. He's 65 now. And what brought me to what we're doing today, and I've said this on a few of the other episodes that, Carrie is so open and sharing how he feels. And you two are also, I believe, Mike, are you, I think you're in a, are you in a Wednesday group with my husband? Uh, no, I was in, I don't know. I was in several groups for a while. Okay. Uh, and I'm just actually at this point, I'm not apathetic, but I'm losing interest in everything. Oh, okay. That's actually one of the questions we're going to talk about. Yeah. Are you on one of the, are you on the Wednesday group, Tom? I know there are, are for the listeners, there are um, different um, Zoom groups for Lewy body dementia patients. Well, I, I, I've, I've joined several groups. I, I just have failed to ever log in. Uh, a lot of times I don't get the notification about the thing until uh, just right before it starts and I'm busy doing something and so i just you know haven't uh haven't ever sat down to do it and uh you know but i i looked at several different uh uh websites uh one of curry's websites uh you know the uh living with louis bodies and uh, uh there's a couple others that i follow quite regularly and and just go from there. Yeah, my the one um, I found one. I honestly couldn't tell you what it was called. I think it's Living with Louis Body. Just as a Facebook page, just for those living with Louis Body and not caretakers. And I know that's every Wednesday, twelve o'clock 
Eastern time. So I set an alarm on my phone and I, I set it all up for my husband and, and our computer downstairs so he doesn't miss the meeting. And he he enjoys just hearing from other people that are experiencing what he's experiencing because he's a, he was always a very quiet man. He's just now really quiet. Um, I, and Carrie, I, I, I praise you every time we, ha- we do one of these podcasts is uh, you share how you're feeling and, and you gentlemen do also. And for the, for the caregivers who read the, uh, all the Facebook um, pages about how you all are feeling, you are helping the caregivers understand a little bit. We can't fully understand what you must be going through, but um, it helps us a little bit understand what must be going on because my husband's very protective. He doesn't really tell me much of how he's feeling. Um, so I'm, and I'm working on that. If you listen to episode three, Carrie put me on my place on that one on how I have to give him more credit and try to, you know, make sure he's involved in everything. But anyway, we want to welcome both for you. And again, thank you for coming on and sharing your stories with us and our listeners, because we say every episode that that is important to us, that our listeners and the medical community hear from those affected with the disease by listening to how it makes you feel, what your what your concerns are, and how we and the medical your the caregivers in the medical community, and more so all of us listening to this podcast can help one another by sharing our suggestions, advice, and friendships. Okay, gentlemen, let's do this. So for this episode, we now have these three individuals with Louie Body Dementia here to share. Knowing this was what we were going to be doing, I posted on one of the Louie Body Dementia Caregiver Support Group pages and asked the loved ones on that page, what would you want to ask those living with Louie Body that you want to know? And I found my heart tells me that there are a lot of questions people posted that they want to ask their they wanted to ask their loved ones, but maybe were too scared to ask, or you know, frightened of what the response will be, or just felt bad asking. So, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask the three of you some of the questions that I was sent, and then just tell me how you feel. Um, how how you would respond to someone posting something like this. What do you miss the most about your pre-diagnosis lifestyle that may be slipping away, and are you having a hard time dealing with the loss? So, Carrie, what are your thoughts? Wow. Uh, What I miss the most is the ability to walk very far without losing my breath and getting wore out. Uh, I I miss having the strength that I had. Uh, I've become so weak now, it's not even funny. Uh, I do miss them. It's been so long now, though, that I don't have any trouble dealing with the loss of them. It's just kind of my lifestyle, though. Hmm. How about you, Tom? Uh, First, I I would say uh, what I miss most is my job. I, I loved to work. Uh, you know, it gave me a sense of purpose. And after, after all of this started, I was, uh, you know, my, my ability to think and to perform 
became so diminished that that I, I absolutely could not function at work. And uh, I ended up losing my job. And, uh, of course, that sent me into a, a, a great depression and uh, uh, took uh, many years to uh, try and recover from that. You know, I still miss working, but, uh, you know, I've... I've uh, learn to live with the diagnosis and uh you know life goes on you have to be happy and just you know do what you can every day yep that's true how about you mike i'd have to say about the same thing that both of them said uh i have a lot of trouble with balance uh walking and the physical activities i mean as you know Louis and Parkinson's come out of the same mold and you either start with Louis or you start with Parkinson's. And I started with Louis and now Parkinson's who caught up with me. So I also have a lot of tremors and I miss not having tremors. Uh, if I'm shaking right now, it's because my hands are shaking. And the other thing is besides my memory, I have a lot of trouble with words. A lot of times people will say something and I don't understand. It doesn't come out to me the way they said it. And my wife gets really frustrated with that because she'll ask me something or say something and I'll respond incorrectly. And there's other times that she says something, I fully understand it. But when I respond, the words come out wrong. I miss being able to talk. I used to be a big talker, a lecturer type person. And I can't do it anymore. So I can't move. I can't stay still. I can't talk. Wow. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in and um, I'm just going to let you, you gentlemen know that there's times and Carrie knows that I never know when the emotions are going to come over me when we're doing uh, our each podcast. But Mike, you just, um, I just pictured myself saying certain things to my husband, especially in the last week or two, and I would say it, and he would answer me back about something I had no idea what he was even talking about. So he must be experiencing that too, where he's, I'm talking to him, he doesn't really understand what I'm saying. Um, that I, this is, I keep telling Carrie, like, now you guys are, are helping me again, as a caretaker, and hopefully those listening, when with you sharing your experiences, I, I, mean, I can't even tell you, Mike, the other day, I got frustrated. I'm like, no, I asked you, did you feed the dog? And he's like, no, I emptied the dishwasher. I'm like, no, I asked you if you fed the dog. <laughs> and then I realized, okay, maybe he uh, just didn't hear what I said, but I'm going to be more cognizant of that if I asked him something and he answers back with an answer that had nothing to do with it. I'm going to be more aware that maybe he just didn't understand the words coming out of my mouth. And I think one of you mentioned hallucinations. So are, I, I think each one of you said you've had these. Do you tell your loved ones when you're having a hallucination or like maybe afterwards or what hallucination you had? Tom, do you tell, do you tell your loved ones? 
I, I do. Uh, when, when they first started happening, I, you know, I, I kept that to myself uh, because they were extremely violent. Uh, a lot of it had to do with family members and getting injured and and things of that nature. And I was I was worried that I, I don't know whether it was like it, it felt like it was a premonition that this is something that's going to happen. And so I, I didn't want to share any of that. And and now, you know, I, I've, I've become more and more used to it. Uh, uh, I have a gentleman that visits me probably two or three times a week and it's a hallucination but the man comes into the house and he sits down on my couch and he just sits there he's he's dressed in old western wear uh, and he smiles and I'll sit down there on the couch and I'll ask him questions and then I'll, I'll get up and say, let me make you a cup of coffee. And I go into the kitchen, make a cup of coffee, and I come back, and he's gone. I don't know what it means, but it, it's it's a reoccurring hallucination. Uh, like I say, it happens two or three times a week. When you're having this hallucination, you don't realize it's not real. Like, it's fully well, real to you? Uh, you know, I... I it, it, it's very real. Uh, I mean, I, I can see this person just just perfectly. I mean, it's just like somebody is sitting right next to you, and uh, you know, there's, there's you know, it's it's not a hollow hologram or anything. It's a I'm I'm actually physically looking at someone and trying to converse with this person. Uh, so far, this person has never said anything to me. I have had other hallucinations where, uh, you know, I have, you know, heard things. And I also have hallucinations where you have the touch. Uh, one of which is, is uh, I feel like I have uh, uh, spiders or ants or something crawling on my head. You know, in the middle of the night, I'll wake up just just itching, just like crazy, and jump jump in the shower and, and you know try and wash off and dry off to anything to stop that itching, and it just goes on for hours and hours. I've actually cut my hair totally, you know, shaved my head bald because spiders are crawling on my head and I can't see them and I can't get to them. And it's it's just uh, I mean it, it it drives you up the wall trying to uh, to to deal with that feeling and then you know it it finally after several hours it goes away. Well, I know I know uh, my gym, which we hope to have on soon. Uh, Carrie and I are going to try to have our spouses on future episodes. But I know my gym, the spider thing is. Uh, I I know he's rubbing his legs down with alcohol and, and I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, I, I think there's spiders around and he does go, he carries a little broom around with him. Um, he has arachnophobia. He's always had arachnophobia, but I can see it again. And I so appreciate the three of you sharing because as a, as a caregiver, it helps us better understand 
what our loved ones are going through. So just you explaining that, Tom, I now understand why my husband's always in the garage with his little broom looking for spiders. Because I'm mm-hmm. like, what do you, you, you know, right. like two or three times a day, he's looking for spiders and now, or he's wiping himself down with like alcohol because he must be having that same feeling that, that you've been having. Yeah. When, when, when that when that feeling takes over you, I mean, it's it's all consuming. You just you can't get that feeling out of your head, no matter what you what you've tried. You know, like uh, I might jump in the shower two or three times and scrub my head till it bleeds, and then you know, think, well, I'll just cut my hair off, you know, because I can't I can't see them, you know, and and it just continues even even after you've shaved your head. You know that feeling is still there, and uh, it's it's uh, I, I I can't think of the word frustrating and scary and uh, well, yeah, <laughs> all of that. It's definitely frustrating, you know. But uh, I mean, I mean, it, it just it just drives you crazy, you know. Just uh, you actually think you are going crazy uh, because of this sensation that you can't get rid of and you can't find anything wrong and uh you know and and then it it finally will go away but is there anything that loved ones for you tom and i'll ask carrie and mike the same question is there anything that your loved one can do to help you during that those episodes that you can think of not not that I know of. Uh, I mean, for the last three years, I've, I've lived on my own. I, I've lived next to my son. So in case there was, uh, you know, any kind of emergency, you know, I, I had somebody available. But as far as to go over, you know, I, I have gone over and said, hey, can you can you look at my head? Can you do you see anything crawling around up there? I think, well, hell do I have lice you know I mean uh, there's something going on and uh you know and you know they'll they'll look at it and they don't see anything and you know send me on my way and and uh so I don't I don't know of anything in particular that they can do other you know just trying to no everything's fine you know you're doing okay you know you're just you know you're you're having you're having a Louie moment and you know, this is, this is what it is. And, you know, I, okay. And I, I'll go back to my, to my, uh, my place and, and sit there and itch and <laughs> whatever until I, till I get over it. How about you, Mike? With hallucinations? I don't have a whole lot of visual. Uh, I do have a, a gray lady that shows up once in a while and she, sometimes stands behind me and I can feel her, uh, you know, how you can feel the presence of somebody when they're there. Okay. I can kind of feel that presence. And then sometimes she puts her hand on my shoulder or something of that nature, but that's, that's occasional. That doesn't happen as frequently as what Tom's talking about. I have auditory and I listen to the radio I listen to, it's mostly talk radio. Uh, there may be one voice, there may be two voices, and a lot of times there's three, a couple of guys arguing, and then a woman's in there as well. And occasionally there's music that goes on with it. 
and like I said, it slap, kind of slaps me on the side of the head because when it starts, it's loud. And it happens all of a sudden. And uh, at one point, oh, two, three years ago, I was in a rehab hospital and I was hearing uh, like a, a choir, a bunch of low-voiced people uh, singing, uh, you better be careful, watch out. You better be careful, Mr. Matherly, watch out. And it was repetitive over and over and over. Now, my wife was there, and I asked her if she heard it. She said, no. And I said, well, the, and I could see them standing outside the window, and which was, to me, it was about three floors up. Actually, it was at ground level. And she said, no, she couldn't hear it. She couldn't see them. Well, that was okay because she knows I hallucinate. Uh, but it kept up, and it kept up, and it kept up. And I told her that I was hearing it down the hall. Well, she got up and went down the hall and looked, and she came back and told me, yes, there was music down there. And one of the nurses was play, had a radio going, and that satisfied me. She acknowledged what I was doing. I usually don't tell her. I usually don't tell her anything that's going on. Can I ask you why you don't tell her? I'm, I'm just curious, because I, I do believe my husband has some type of hallucinations, and he... Doesn't doesn't tell me. Yeah, I don't tell her hardly anything, really. It's, for one thing, it's kind of embarrassing. Secondly, it's kind of private. And mostly, I don't want to bother her. I don't want her worrying about it. Uh, and she's a nurse, so she knows all this goes on. So she's got a different viewpoint. But uh, I just, I'd rather it happen and me experience it and her not worry about it. She knows it all happens. She doesn't say anything about it. So I assume she's not worrying. The visual stuff, I rely on my dog. If my dog doesn't respond, I know it's me. The auditory, uh, sometimes I look around. Our granddaughters have been here a lot this summer. And uh, I'll check to see if they're doing something. They're teenagers. Uh, Sometimes I hear my voice called. Sometimes I hear somebody say something singularly. And I go and check and see what it is. But I don't have command hallucinations. And that I'm, great, I'm grateful for. I just listen to what's going on and I don't otherwise pay any attention to it. Yeah, see, I think you're a lot like my, my Jim where he, um, I'm not sure how far to push him and ask him to share his, if he's having any, what, what they'll be like. Hopefully, once he listens to this, um, he knows that he'll be able to share with me. But I totally see your, why you're not sharing, Mike, it, it, as a caregiver. That, that makes total sense to me. So how about you, Curry? Well, I tell you, I can talk to you about hallucinations all day long. Uh, I've had auditory for a long time and visual for a long time. And... Uh, I was on the phone with Linda one time. I was over north of Houston and she was here at the house and uh, I was sitting there getting my truck unloaded and uh, I had a hallucination while I was talking to her and uh, it wasn't anything big. It was a, a semi truck going by in front of me back and forth, popping a wheelie. 
I knew it wasn't real. I told Linda there's no way that can be happening. Could but you I'm watching, could you do I'm that watching. with your truck? Do you ever pop a wheelie? No. no. It, it, <laughs> okay. But uh but that was one of them and, and uh, then I've had uh I've had terrible ones where people walked in front of me while I was driving down the road. I'd slow down because they they were standing in the middle of the road and I'd watch them pass from my left, stop in the center, and then once I'd get stopped, I could see right through them. I could see the yellow line or the white line, whichever one it was. And then the, I would watch them proceed to walk on across the road. Uh, I've had them up in my truck, and I actually one time had them, I had a microwave, refrigerator, uh, cookers, everything, in my dressers in my truck, and uh, I had all that, everything I had was dumped in the middle of my sleeper, and uh, it was while I was walking the dog, and I never got out past the truck, no one had, no one could get in my truck, but uh, to this day, I still swear I picked everything up, but the bad part of it is, it was a place I stopped at all the time, and uh, when I snapped out of it, I was about 60 miles down the road, sitting on the side of the road when I snapped out of it. Wow. So that was that was really a bad one. But uh, I do tell Linda about them. Uh, I may not tell her right when they happen. Uh, a lot of times I'll have them after she's gone to bed at night. Uh, I'll see what I, what I call shadow uh, creatures. And I'll see little things like shadow dogs, uh, black black blurbs that are about the size of a big rat run across our living room floor. I, they're not as vivid as they used to be. Uh, used to, they were. I had some really bad ones. And uh, the medications now has, has eased those quite a bit. Yeah. And basically, basically now what I see are just the shadowy hallucinations and the uh, auditory hallucinations. But I do tell, I do share with Linda. Like I said, she's not up. I tell her about it when they when she gets up. I I know my my Jim. He he tells me he see think sees things out of the corner of his eyes. But he said that's because I have floaters. The doctor said I have floaters, um, and I when he tells me that I'm thinking he's probably having hallucinations where he doesn't want. Sorry, to drop, drop papers. <laughs> A lot of uh, times hallucinations do start in your peripheral vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the only time I've re he's really said that he's had a hallucination is we when we're at the doctor's. The doctor will say, you know, is there anything you want to tell me? And the one time he said, well, I woke up and there was a pineapple on my lampshade. And and I'd say, when did, you, when did that happen? So he... At that point, he feels comfortable telling the doctor about it, and luckily I'm there with him, so that's how I, I, I learn when he's what kind of hallucinations he may be having. Um, but does are, are any of you scared when this is happening? When they first started happening, they did scare me. Uh, you know, when, when, uh, when things start coming out of the walls at you and... Uh, basically chase you around the room you know i've actually slipped and fell and hit my head on the refrigerator and gave myself a concussion and you know it, it was all try, trying to get away from this uh 
I, I, I don't know what you would call it, but it was a it, it was some somewhat of a person, somewhat of a monster. You know, it's during the daytime. I was just sitting in my chair, and all of a sudden, this this thing comes through the wall at me and is trying to attack me. And I, you know, I, it just scared me to death. And I, you know, I took off running and, and, uh, you know, and, and, and now, you know, I've, I've gotten, I guess I've gotten used to, used to having them so much that, uh, they don't really scare me anymore. You know, sometimes that, you know, I, I, I think about them, you know, afterwards, you know, uh, see if there's any kind of meaning to whatever happened or, uh, you know, what was some of it real was some of it, you know, something that I'd seen on TV and, and I'm replaying it in my mind or just, you know, just what's going on. But, uh, uh, at, at this point they don't, they don't tend to scare me anymore. Mm. Well, that's good to know. How about how about you, Mike? Well, you said you don't have, really have uh, visual ones too much. No, the visual that I have had, uh, I find. Well, I have like I have some like uh, Curry said that'll be something a dark animal or shadow creature or something like that. Uh, I've got my gray lady, and when they first started. Uh, I had a Revolutionary War figure who uh, just kind of materialized from the face down but never developed any feet. And the visual ones I found interesting and sometimes entertaining. The auditory, I wish there was a way to get rid of them. Uh, they don't scare me. They bother me. They're in the way. It's like you're trying to do something and somebody's talking to you, the TV's on, the radio's on or something that keeps distracting you. And it becomes very difficult even to talk, whatever. Uh, I never say anything to Peggy about them because I guess she knows. Uh, I mean, she knows I have them, but uh, I guess she knows when it's going on because I just kind of shut up and try to get rid of it. But, I, but I've never had anything that really scared me. Yeah, I'm just going to say, Mike, you, this is the second thing you've talked about that I now understand what my husband, why he's doing certain things. I know if I need to talk to him and the TV is playing, I need to mute the TV because it seems like he can't, if he's having, you know, an auditory hallucination at the same time I'm trying to talk to him while the TV is going. That may be why um, he he actually grabs for the remote a lot and mutes it. So I wonder if he's having uh, auditory hallucination then because he just, I don't know why he's muting it because we weren't talking at that point, but it makes sense if that's what's happening to him, why he's doing maybe, that. Yeah. Maybe the other thing that he may be doing too, uh, if he's at the stage I'm at, you, I get distracted very quickly by almost anything. I have to focus on one thing and one thing only. Mm -hmm. yeah, so if if I'm watching TV and Peggy's trying to tell me something, the two conflict 
So I have to shut off the TV or not listen to her. Yep. I totally agree that that's why he's doing. How about you, Carrie? Anything that? uh, I've had several scary hallucinations. Uh, uh, Yeah. Uh, Not so much people chasing me, but uh, like I said, the the guy that got it, whoever it was that got up in my truck, uh, I've been out on the front porch middle of the night look down and my legs are just covered in ladybugs. I mean, thousands of them just covering my legs. And that one didn't scare me so much, but it's really surprised me. But uh, I've, I've been sitting and I'll see my leg just bleeding profusely. And uh, I'll grab a towel and wipe it off and only to realize there's no blood on the towel. Hmm. My leg really wasn't bleeding. And then I look up and the walls of the house are breathing. As I breathe, they move in and out just just like I do when I'm breathing. Yeah, I've, I've had some scary ones. Most of mine aren't anymore. Like I said, the, the medication has really helped me. Uh, my hallucinations aren't near as, near as uh, bad now as they used to be. Can I, can I ask um, each of you, are you... Well, Carrie, what medication are you are, the, are you on a specific medication for to help with hallucinations? Yes, ma'am. What medicine are you on for that? It's risperidone. And how about you, Mike? Are you on any? Did they put you on any medicines to help with hallucinations? Caliotrope. Okay. And how about you, Tom? I, I was on olanzapine. And now they have put me on uh, Risperidone. Hmm. Risperidone. And I'm assuming that when you, all three of you go to your uh, neurologist, that you just, you share with them all, everything, all hallucinations. So that's yes. why, um, yeah, I, I, we just haven't crossed that bridge where a doctor would mention um, medicine for hallucinations. Um, but it's a big thing. They, it can help. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, just, just, I so appreciate you guys sharing with us. Um, really helps. I'm, I'm gaining so much more knowledge that I can be more helpful to, to my husband now uh, with you guys sharing. Okay, my podcast friends, as you can hear, we have three amazing individuals sharing with us on this episode. We knew this would be a powerful episode, and the interview with Curry, Mike, and Tom lasted almost two hours, and we probably could have kept going as they were being so open with sharing their experiences living with Lewy body dementia. But we don't want any one episode to be too long, so we're going to break this episode, Talk with Lewy Buddies, into two parts. We're going to end episode four, part one of our Talk with Louie Buddies interview here. And when you are ready and have time, the second part of this episode will be ready entitled Episode 5, Part 2 More Talk with Louie Buddies. <laughs>